Uh, how about this? I'll get one try. And if I flub it, it's yours. Sure. All right. Welcome back. It is the Aviation RC New Podcast. All right, that was terrible, my guy. Episode oh. 72. <laughs> going big. Or are we going home, Joe? Uh, well, I'm already home, so. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad you're did home I, safe. Did, and, I uh, mess you up? did I mess you up? Oh, today? that's okay. Uh, I was. <laughs> well, then you get it. You you bring it in and see what happens. <laughs> uh, I can see the uh, intro music rolling twice for this. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to the Aviation RC New Podcast. My name is Joe. My name is Matt. And tonight, we, tonight, today, this morning, whenever you're listening to it, we're on episode 72, going big. In your office, in your home, in your car. Wherever you are, we're there too. Yep. All right, so going big, tonight we're talking about... What, Matt? Big builds? Yeah, we're saying like, hey, you want to you have a plane, but you want to make a really big version of it. How in the world do you get that done? Because it's not as uh, it's not entirely as simple as you think. Um, as I just embarked on a project of taking our uh, illustrious uh, noob wonder, thank you, Spons, for uh, pulling that design together for us, and thanks, Flying Tiger, for making it look sharp and having it mm-hmm. available for everybody to to make it a 1930s racer plane. Um, So we kind of came up with the idea like, hey, you know, we're going to bring all these out to Flight Fest and we're going to do a big combat together with whoever's got a wonder. And I'm hoping to see a bunch of noob wonders out there with uh, to join us while we fly. But one of the things we've been talking about is it would be, it's just something I didn't see too many giant planes. And I wanted to create and bring a couple big planes for us to have in combats. Mm-hmm. And as we know, we're doing a noob wonder combat jumble. Uh, let's make a big, or wonder. at least a fly in. And then everybody gets the chance to have their planes, you know, cause we'll launch it in a combat. So yeah, whether it's a dedicated combat or whether it's just, Hey, well, we're all I, flying. As I understand it, there will be a number of wonder jumbles, which are basically wonder fly ins. Uh, and that I think might include some barons, um, but they'll be at certain parts in Flight Fest. It's already been kind of decided, or at least that they're set aside sometimes, which is cool. So with that, I'm like, well, why don't we build like a really big one? And you're like, what kind of big one? And I said, like 300%, because, <laughs> you know, 200% isn't big. It's like a large Because, you know, Ethan to- you know, sent us these... <laughs> little <laughs> motors <laughs> well no no and it was so we were talking about that we were like well wouldn't that be cool and we talked about it in um 
in a build night. I was just kind of rolling around like, well, wouldn't it be cool if we made it big? How big would big need to be? And, you know, in the background is my the Clurican, which is a nine-foot model, nine-foot wingspan, right. nine-foot thing. And I'm like, it's a lot sturdier than I think. I think I might be able to make the whole thing out of foam, all this kind of stuff. And he's like, oh, if you made your noob wonders, like really big, like that kind of big, like nine or ten feet, I, I'm I, – I was sending you something <laughs> and he sent, uh, he sent us and he, and he followed up and he did it. Uh, he sent a giant, oh, I'll call it a giant scale motor. Now, basically it's a 435 KV motor. It's like a, a 41, oh shoot. Now I'm going to have to go find it again. Anyway, he sent us a very large scale motor. that will swing a pretty good size prop. I think 15 by eight or something like that. You send one or two. And he sent two. He sent two setups, okay. including a 40 amp ESC, because it, it runs on a 6S. And the more power, more voltage you have in it, the, the less amperage you need to use to, to get it to spin. And it, it generally spins a little bit slower, but the ex, extra um, cells help it kind of spin fast enough to create the thrust. Now, these motors pull about, according to their tech sheet, about 10 pounds of thrust. Mm-hmm. Which is a lot. Is nuts. For, uh, I mean, for us, for us, you know, park flyers, that, that's ridiculous, um, which is really awesome. So I'm like, okay, well, what, let's see, they are 50 KDE 4215 XF-465s. Um, and they 42 are, millimeter wide cans? Yeah. Good Lord. Yeah, right. They're big. And they're meant for like agricultural drones or for... You know, the yeah, workhorses yeah. that are kind of doing some serious stuff. And they, you know, and he sent some ESCs with it and stuff. And and Andy even sent two props, which is enough to get us started. I'm certainly going to order a couple more because I suspect <laughs> um, I might cause us to break one as I'm trying to figure out how to get it to work and fly and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Just, just guessing. But he sent so is- a whole power set, basically. Right, and so this kind of piggybacking off of last episode because we talked about the the release of the new wonder. We talked that I think by that point, uh, Mutley, uh, Ethan had already like the motors were already to your place. And yeah, he had already. We had seen said it, it. like it, right. We were talking last episode about wanting to do it, and so the last two weeks you've been rolling around in your head how to make that happen, <laughs> yeah. and how to get it done, oh. and what. Yeah, what, what, a, what do needed. I? Yeah, what do I really need to do to get that to happen? It's like, oh, that's that's a whole different ball of wax. That's three hundred percent scale is not. That's that's no joke. And I'm I've been building bigger and bigger planes, like planes that you have to turn to be able to fit through the door, kind of planes, planes that you have to uh, break apart to be able to bring to the field because there's no way it'll fit in anybody's car unless you've got an eighteen wheeler. And a really large trailer, <laughs> you know, right. and, and so that you know that process it seems uh, kind of spawned this episode of well, you've already had to go through all the mental gymnastics, right. and you've got more to come of yeah. what's going to have to be done and what uh, things we have to take into account. And, I, and we may have talked about this a little bit in the past. We have we touched on it, but we're going to revisit it and talk about it. Again, in light of you going through the mental maths and all that, to right, and maybe getting into to some, these. yeah, getting into some more of the actual maybe technical pieces of this that we really didn't even, and and I'm also leaning on um, you know some articles that other people have written about when they took like their 
they're they're you know B twenty five Mitchells or whatever it was they were, and, and I'm probably making people scream at me like that's not what it is. Um, no, it's a <laughs> yeah, it's a B twenty five says the a Mitchell. Anyway, so he uh, he basically made a bigger one. It's like oh well the hundred you know the eighty inch one isn't enough. Let me let me scale it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like what do you mean eighty inches isn't enough? This is ridiculous. That's huge. And then so and then what it takes to do that and. And there's a couple other articles that are very similar. And they all, they all touch on the same thing. And I also have watched the flight test videos. They cover basically supersizing your whatever plane. And they I think they really were only talking about, it seemed like double scale, like 200% or 160% or something. That's where it's mm-hmm. like comfortably doubled in a way that all the parts kind of work together. And you can just sort of add a couple extra sheets. And now you've got a much bigger plane. And it's true, you do. Um, but I was like, no, we're going to do this ridiculous big, you know, 300% is a different animal. You're now officially in giant scale. If I recall right, giant scale is, um, I think the wingspan has to be over 80 inches or 90 inches. I think is what we figured out. Dude, we're we're looking at, we're looking at having two of those plus at least at least one small, you know, regular size noob wonder each. Oh no, yeah, plus, at least if not more. Yeah, plus I'm gonna have I gotta get my other Spitfire made up from last year. Uh, yeah, yeah, the other one that I didn't build. If right. I hadn't flown it before we go, I'm gonna want to take the seven. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that'd be good if you get it going. I've been working on the uh, the model B, so if that's oh, yeah. flying, I'm gonna want to take that mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I've got several more planes that I gotta get motors and stuff for, but now with this ten foot thing, dude, I think we're gonna have to get a trailer to take I, I up there. We we might, I, and we we'll might. we might. It depends. We might. I mean, it truly depends on <laughs> who's who's coming with. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, we've heard a lot it's of. It's fine. We'll strap them to the roof, and we might even have keep, a caravan. Keep the safe. <laughs> We might, yeah, I know, right? We might have a caravan coming. It might be a whole pile of people coming up in one big string. It'll be a mess. It'll be great. Um, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how this all goes. Uh, it's kind of playing up. Come here in, Big go, Ben. But... This here's rubber duck. Oh my God! Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, so we'll talk about uh, basically your process and you know the things yeah. that you've had to think about. Well, I guess ultimately, you and I are going to spend a little time talking about the big like you and yeah. me are talk, going to talk about yep. what we need to do and how we need to go about it right exactly um, okay and that'll sort of that that conversation i guess is going to be the main topic but that is b- before we get to that let's talk about what we've been doing any kind of community things and then we can dive in well uh, before we get too far i want to thank our patrons and i want to thank our listeners um because without them i i think i wouldn't be inspired to do this any of this mm. kind of stuff and i wouldn't be excited and and super super in to to see what we can pull off before you know for flight fest um and for you know before we get a chance to kind of meet everybody again and hopefully meet a bunch of new people um and i want you know special thanks to the patrons who keep you know this running if you think what we do is valuable and you'd like to join that group you can go to www.patreon.com slash aviation rc noob i think i got it right um and you know, uh, put get in a a donation or or set up what you think you can afford, 
Um, we really would appreciate it. Of course, that certainly helps us kind of tackle projects like these. When as we start kind of getting into like doing something like this, it, it says you know we can put aside some you know some funds for other things like you know making sure we have stickers. We were talking about doing a flag because we're going to Flight mm. Fest, and if we go to other events, we'd want to make sure that we're more visible than we are. Um, and so those kind of things really help out. But I mean, ultimately, we're just really excited. Without our listeners, honestly, I don't like I said, Joe and I would probably be getting together and flying planes, but I certainly don't think we'd be tackling a ten foot <laughs> new two ten foot noob wonders. Probably not. And honestly, I don't know that I would be as involved in the hobby at this point just because I enjoy it. Uh but it's real easy <laughs> to just get wrapped up in I got this going on. I got that going on. Yeah. So well, I knowing, think I think you would have two planes, and you just have them ready, probably. And you'd probably work at either keeping them going or maybe once one goes, taking your time to build another. Well, I don't even have two that can fly right now. Yeah, but you got like three planes up there, don't you? That are maybe not fully ready to go, but they're. You have like three yeah, planes in the room, right? Yeah, so the Corsair still has its electronics mounted, but oh, yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be flying that. I don't know. Who knows? I might take it to Flight Fest and call it quits this year. Uh, <laughs> <It's> <laughs> I may just let that one yeah, I mean, it's let, still a good looking bird, but let it go. No, it's beautiful. Exactly. So um okay, well you mentioned like six or seven different planes in your list of boy I would like to. And you certainly listed a number of ones you're like, Oh, I kinda have these ready, if only, you know, I kinda get myself a a power system. Right. Um, you know, I think it's like F pack is the kind of what you need and you just haven't sat down and kind of figured it out. Mm-hmm. Or so, just put, well, put it in the order bucket and let it fly. <laughs> yeah. So I, I've not been able to allocate the hobby funds yet, but, um, I think, I think it's early in the month and already hobby funds are, my funds are like me and hobby and all that. And so my mm-hmm. funds have already been chewed up a bit, but, yeah, I am. I am hoping to uh, get at least one uh, power system ordered in for the F pack line, and mm-hmm. then be able to go from there. But let's talk about what we've been doing, and then we can uh, okay dive into the main topic. All right, you want me to go first? Do you want to go first? Uh, I can go first real quick because right. cool. I've not had a ton. Um, last couple weeks have been busy. Uh. I don't recall, I don't think my 3D printer was, I don't know if I, if I, I think my 3D printer was ready to go and I just hadn't fired anything, but I tried to get a print and got all spaghettied. Anyway, whatever the last status was, I've got some more small pieces, uh, like a, a whole bucket of small pieces to print for the Model B, and mm-hmm. I just haven't gotten that going yet, but I have ordered and received, I need to open the package and see what all I got. But I ordered a bunch of the knickknacks that I needed for the Model B, the steel rods and um, push rod uh, stuff. Anyway, um, there's a variety of things that I ordered for that. Um, And I have glued the wings, sans, uh, ailerons together. Okay. So. I was able to glue the wing panels that didn't require that I could glue together without putting the ailerons on, um, which means I couldn't put the wing tips on because you have to put, 
you had to get your ailerons ready to go before you can put the wing tips on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had not yet printed the little hingy bits for the ailerons. Yet. Okay, yeah. Um, but so I got the majority of the wing put together, and I've got the main, like, four pieces of the fuse put together. Okay. Which it was a pain, uh, because I think I was fighting elephant footing with uh okay. with my fuselage yep. parts yep um because they just weren't wanting to meet up so mm-hmm. i i gotta look into when i'm doing large you know tall prints like that again look into having the temperature of the bed drop once i get past first couple layers right yeah so that it's not continuing to keep it soft enough that it's pushing down under its weight Mm-hmm. But you don't um, want to cool enough or it'll start coming off the bed. So, right, you got to right. have it set at a lower, but not off. Well, goodness knows, even when it's cold, it sticks to the plate. So, I don't <laughs> know. True, we'll it, see. Does. <laughs> it does um, pretty good. Yeah. So, the fuse is largely put together. Um, some of the fuse parts were just like, let me break these tabs off and I'm just going to glue it together <laughs> and just throw the CA to it. Um, so, it more looks like my fuselage was welded together in pieces than being a nice smooth go. And the nature of the Model B, because they're doing such thin walls on the mm-hmm. fuse to save weight, is that in handling it, I split some of the layers. Okay. You know, it, it split along the layer. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you're and like, so oh, just, uh-oh. Yeah, so <laughs> I just to took some CA. CA and kind of bridged, the, bridged that gap. And mm-hmm. I've, I've found that I need to, like, those areas I need to let cure on their own rather than hitting with the uh, kicker. Because it seems like the kicker causes it to, like, texturize and bubble almost, is what it seems like to me. Okay. I could be wrong, but I, I felt like I was able to, like, thin smear it and let it cure on its own. And it didn't seem so, like, weld seam effect. I got you, yeah. Huh. More experiment, more experimentation needed. Yeah, definitely. Well, cool. Um, yeah, that's uh that's I'm sorry you didn't get, I got. didn't get further with it, but at the same point, like, it sounds like you're, you haven't given up, and you're still making progress. Slow. It's, you know, it's uh, a little bit more stop-start kind of progress, but I've... I feel like that's almost the way with, uh, for me, it's that's the way with the 3D printer thing. I guess it's not the the part of the hobby that gets me as jazzed and as excited as the RC stuff, you know? So it's like, oh, I do the 3D thing, 3D printed thing because I have a need for the RC thing. <laughs> it tends to be more the mm-hmm. focus for me. So I'm not always, always as in it. So it always seems to me more stop start. Um, but maybe that'll change when I start printing an airplane. Uh, I know when I sat down and printed the tank, I mean, I was just, I was about it and on it for that, you know, for the two weeks or whatever that I was printing parts and, and keeping up with it. So, well, I often forget I'm sitting here on all this Depron. <laughs> I know. Right. Yeah. I haven't taken the time to start that process yet for the, uh, the F 16. Yeah. Go do that. Or the 22 or whatever the plans were that I downloaded. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember which one you grabbed specifically. I, thought, I know you grabbed the 16, F-16, but I, I know you also grabbed, I think, the... You grabbed more than one, I thought. So, I don't yeah. remember. 
Absolutely. I mean, you should I, definitely I've got do the it. tile plan sitting here. Printed I know. Out. Do it. Do it. What? With what time? With the, with the time you make. Don't. Well, <laughs> I'm kidding. No, seriously, you, it's it's a hobby. You do it when you can. You know. Yeah. Just don't don't forget about it. So for me, uh, I try to make a list every so often so I can sit there and kind of go, oh right, I forgot about all these things. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, let me organize this so I can actually start tackling some of these things. And then I have the list when I kind of stall out. The list stays there a minute. And then when I kind of go, oh, right, I have a list. I look at it and it helps me get back and not forget, right, the F-16. I really want to do that. I got the plans <laughs> here. I got the step run there. Let me get moving. You know, but I mean, that's just kind of how I kind of shortchange uh, my natural processes of distraction. Well, speaking of uh, your list and projects and such, what you've been working on? Um, well, in in honor of Tony's, um, you know, sprint sprint to the finish challenge, I think is what he called it. Um, I pulled out. I thought it was a finish what you started challenge. It's uh, yeah, I think he. I don't know. It's both. It, whatever you call it. Um, but basically, I finished a project. Go back to the old one, old project, way back in the back. And see so you can finish. And I was digging out. So in an effort to figure out what uh, what foam board I had um, to be able to do stuff with a foam uh, noob wonder, uh, I noticed I had a plan uh, glued to a sheet of paper or glued to a sheet of foam board. And it was my uh, foamy DM uh, anime fighter X1, which is kind of okay. like a Star Fox looking fighter. And it was the first design I'd ever done. It was the first one sheet wonder. I designed and I put, and it was inspired by something I saw on the internet. Um, I think on RC groups. And so I made a foam board version of it and it came together beautifully, but I couldn't fly it to, for stink. I had no idea what the heck I was doing. You know, I barely got the, um, the thing where it tells you exactly what to do. I barely got that in the air. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and this was completely new. I had no idea. I have no idea if there's not enough uh, flying surface and that kind of stuff. Uh, enough wing to really get it to fly. It's just, but it looks cool. And I cut it out again, so I'm ready to give it another try. I think I've got a couple other, I'll call it new tricks up my sleeve, maybe, um, and see what I can pull together uh, this time. Hopefully I can get it in here and flying a little bit. That, that make me pretty happy. Um, so I also got, finally got to putting that servo in the tail and putting the tail on the clerican. And I put, uh, I just printed out a bunch of clips, 3D printed some clips for the servos because I was not about to put those fish, those servo wires that are, I don't know, six feet long <laughs> through the fuselage without having some sort of retainer clip to keep them together. So I don't right. accidentally pull it and I'm like, oh shoot, I just disconnected everything. Time to do it again. It's like, no, I'm going to put these on first. So I did that. And if I don't, didn't mention, I had ordered a carbon Falcon, um, to my buddy uh, Mayan, it had come, it came in. And so I was pulling out some of the parts and I was looking at it. So I've started that build, um, but I've also kind of put it aside because um, as we'll discuss, the <laughs> the, a very large plane, like the 300% new wonder, uh, takes up a lot of room. <laughs> it takes up an yeah. awful lot of room. Uh, and that's part of what we'll talk about. So, as I started I mean, to put that assuming, together, assuming mine quote unquote survives flight fest and you say, yeah, Joe, you can take it home. It's probably going to have to hang here in the garage. Mm. 
Uh, yeah, I'm probably. I don't know. Unless or, I can convince the wife to let me hang it over to bed. I don't think so, because she'll be like, what if it falls? It'll hurt us. It would clash with the giant cat photos on the wall above the bed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could put photo cat photos on the plane. Right. And then all yeah. of a sudden, I'd be like, oh, yeah, let's keep it here. It's great. <laughs> no, that's not going to fly. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, those are mostly what I've been working on. I've also uh, piled up um, a bunch of, I'm going to do another stack of uh, Noob Wonder, like a regular size. So I've got right. uh, three sheets, three stacks of five uh, with all the all the sheets glued on top, taped on top. They're ready wow. to go. So they're ready to start doing multi, you know, multi-cut. Uh, so I'll have five copies ready to go. One for me to do a build video, one for me to fly, one for each of my kids, and one for Amy. Don't forget to put your indicator notches for the score lines. Thank you. I will. I'll remember this time. I feel <laughs> like, yeah, I feel like the Spitfire's no, yeah, I Spitfire, missed. I, I messed up. No. But, uh, yeah, I forgot. That was kind of the part I forgot. But Anyway, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, I wouldn't say it's as busy as I was hoping it would be, but there's been a lot going on and I'm enjoying what we've kind of been getting into. What I haven't been able to do is fly and there's been some good weather I missed. So it's just busy. It's a busy, busy that's time that, of year. So. It's that time of year, man. Kids yeah. sports and everything yeah. going on. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So that's what we've been up to. Um, community. Let's move on to community. See what's, uh, you want to talk about uh, what have you been seeing in the forums or in our discords lately? Anything? Well, well, before we do that, are you planning to to work on and take the SR seventy two to Flight Ooh. Fest again this year? Or I don't know that we'll have room. I definitely need to. That's part of the. That's the next if project. We get a trailer, we'll have room. <sighs> Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see. Um, yeah, I'll think about it. Depends on if I blow it up on my on my flight, you know. Yeah. Um, community stuff. I've not been plugged in a whole lot lately. Yeah. Um. Let's see. When did our last episode go out? These are these are since then. Um. Uh, Yankee wrote in on the show comments uh, in Discord. Uh, said he enjoyed the enthusiasm of episode 71. Um, had a lightness and fun element that was very encouraging. Um, says with the noob wonder being available, the momentum towards Flight Fest 2023 is getting palatable. Good job, fellas. Well, thank you, Yankee. Um, looking forward to seeing you again this year when we get out there. And then I, Zero had said uh, what all would be required for said unofficial fly-in. Uh, cause you had mentioned that we were wanting to set up unofficial fly in, let's see. Oh, you were saying that you need to do an unofficial fly in there at the pediment aeromodelers. Is that y'all's club? Uh, up yeah. There? Piedmont Piedmont aeromodelers. Yeah. Well, that's not what you spelled there. Uh, you know, I was texting probably in the, on the go or, you know, speech. You even edited it. You even edited that message. Look, the world's going very fast. Very fast. Okay, so you were talking with Yankee about because Yankee's in your area, uh, semi. Yeah, yeah he's about doing a fly a, in like an hour and a half. Yeah, he's about as far away as you are, maybe. Okay, so Zero is saying that he's about two and a half hours north of you, 
uh, I was mm-hmm. wondering what would be required for an unofficial fly. And so you were talking with them a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, aside from that, just more, uh, more continued helpfulness. Uh, I know a couple guys had some things to say about my 3d printing woes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's definitely been a lot of support for, you know, everybody who kind of reaches in and says, Hey, you know, I'm having this issue with the 3d printing. I know um, Spitfire 786, uh, Richard has really been a kind of a, uh, a big help in those kind of things and kind of sharing what he's had success with um, and trying to help people kind of get started with what, you know, kind of sussing out some of the issues that they might have themselves. So uh, I want to thank him for kind of stepping in and, and kind of doing what he likes to do, which is basically he wants to see people 3d print stuff too. So um, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. And there's been a lot of conversations, really good ones, uh, some fun, uh, all encouraging. And there's been a lot of excitement about the new wonder and kind of the the community stuff that we're kind of trying to pull together. And it's really, uh, it helps us to kind of keep on track and, and keep excited about it. And it's, it uh, it's really awesome. Honestly, it, it it's like, oh, what, what are we going to do now? Oh, I got to do these things because this is going to be exciting. I can't wait to see everybody at Flight Fest. And, and even if you're not at Flight Fest, I, I can't wait to see like when you go out and do the thing in your area with, with your flying buddies, taking pictures and sharing those with us. It just, it's really cool. It it means a lot. Yep. And, um, the, I think the offer is still out there. I don't think the offer's closed up yet from Flying Tiger. If you're doing a noob wonder, uh, to get your decal kit, to get your decals from him, mm-hmm. um, message him directly in our discord server. Uh, yeah. is the agreement there for us folks only sorry uh continental international folks continental us sh- yep shipping is a thing yeah um, shipping is to, an expensive thing when you're going outside of continental us from here yeah i need to reach out to him and see uh see if he's had anybody take him up on that did he send you this picture um that he did he had done up a stencil thing for a shirt we send it to you directly no at least if he did i didn't see it that's awesome did he send this to you i don't know hold on a minute let me look no that looks amazing did i lose you no that looks amazing i'm still here bueller Uh uh-oh we lost Joe. Oh, Joe, yeah, are you I'm back? back? I'm back. Discord <laughs> being crazy tonight. I love All that. Right, so I love that shirt. D- did he send that to you? No, man. Well, at least not directly. I mean, maybe I maybe I missed it. There's been a lot of activity. Oh, and on a side note, before I forget, uh, like like I said, there were so there were basically three community things, big things that I felt. Um, again, kudos to uh, or big thanks to Spawns for taking. Uh, talking to us and, and working out our idea with us and making this a reality um, to, to make plans, make them available and be excited that other people are getting on board to help do the things. Thanks to Tony for the, for the decal sets. And then also mm-hmm. thanks for the hang RC who has, uh, he's got a vacation plan. So he's got to kind of put things off, but he has uh, opened up pre-orders and he has, I believe he has a laser cut file. He's double checking now before he goes um, so when he comes back, he should be almost ready to send them out. So you'll have them, maybe not by the first time we try to build these, 
but um, definitely in time for you to build one on your own and enough time. I think we have two more build nights set out, so you should be able to get them in time to be able to join us in one of the other build nights, the later ones. Nice. So, yeah. That, so thank, big thanks to Sam for taking the time out of his uh, his busy schedule um, to kind of help us put this together, make make speed build kits available if that's what you need. If you're the kind of person who has uh, a lot more um, money than time, that's definitely your alley. Yep. And then you've got some other special thanks here. One being um, Ethan Jacobs or Muttley for the power systems. Thank mm-hmm. you again. I know we've already talked about it, but just as a follow up and staying with our notes, thank you uh, and, uh, for those. And uh, Rara SVT, who's uh, his name is Brian. Apparently, he lives really close to uh, Windcatcher RC, and he he's good friends with Lee apparently over there. Um, and those guys have been arguing over. Uh, who's going to be the one to send over some things to help us uh, put a solid spar in the plane? My original plan was to put one of those aluminum broom handles that you get from the Dollar Tree, and right. that w- that was going to be the spar. And I was going to kind of put it maybe one, maybe two. I was going to kind of see how they felt. <laughs> you know, I was going to kind of mount them and then see, like, um, is that something we're going to do? But anyway, so they're sending that over our way. So uh, Windcatcher RC is definitely an unofficial sponsor of the RC Noob 300% plane. So we thank them for helping that happen in a big way. And then Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm thinking I, I don't know, if I can, we might have, we might just do a flying in the sense of like, Hey, meet me out of my field on this Sunday and you'll be my guest for the day. And we'll goof around having a good time. Anybody who's close enough to make yeah. it. Anybody is close enough to make it. Now, I'll figure out what dates kind of make sense, and and we'll go from there. Yeah. And um, to know if you're close enough to make it, you live in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Fayetteville, North Carolina. So that, uh, and it's uh, technically, I think, in Wade, but it's uh, where 295 and 95 meet is pretty close to where the field is. So mm-hmm. uh, take a look at that. And if you uh, if you think you're close enough, uh, you can PM me in Aviation Arsene Newman. You think you want to join us, you're welcome to do it. Um, and then we'll, we'll set a date and let those people know. And then you've got a regulation section here, which we did a little bit of reading on beforehand. Yeah. And I don't fully understand it all, but it's got some big implications <laughs> for Canada. Uh, oh, uh, one last thing before in the community, I wanted to give a shout out, a big shout out to, uh, Terry Dunn and a, and a big, uh, kudos round of applause to the RC, um, plane lab podcast um uh, tom and so terry has written up their electro street contest um he kind of wrote it wrote it up in the ama magazine oh nice yeah so he's at least there's there's an element in there and it's their logo is like one of the you know how they get to choose a couple pictures for their article one of them is pretty much like there's their logo like there's a podcast (laughs) go listen um, All right, so Terry and, Dunn's the guy we got to pay off. That's Understood. it. Apparently, I didn't know that. I don't know what he, I know. If we got a lot of really old, unique kits, I think he can be bought off that way. But I'm not no, sure. I got to. We got to figure it out. Anyway, Terry right. Dunn, if you're Ter- listening, Terry is uh, a great guy. We really, honestly, I think that's awesome. I really appreciate that you're helping highlight the community, uh, podcast community, uh, not just. Um, and the, the, your, your guys, you have a, an awesome podcast yourselves, but you're willing to kind of reach out and include, uh, the other guys 
like us, uh, you know, like, like, you know, Tom and Ron and, and us and just kind of bring us around. So, um, yeah, really awesome. Very cool. Nice. Uh, yeah. All so right. now on to less, uh, less fun things, regulations. And then fun things again. You know, we'll go back to fun things. All right. So before okay. we, <laughs> before we go, uh, and this is at this point, it's old news. Cause it's almost a month old, almost a little over a month old, basically the end of February, um, or maybe at the beginning of February, there was a letter written by in Canada, uh, written by the MA Model Aeronautics Association of Canada MAC, which is basically the AMA of Canada. Um, it basically wrote a letter say, "Hey, you know, everybody, we need to we need to stop flying for now because Transport Canada, who's in charge of they're kind of like the FAA um, up in Canada." they need us to kind of suspend our operations for now while they figure some things out. And they're going to uh, go around and basically recertify fields um, starting from easiest to go to more to hardest ones. So there's, there's okay, a number so of fields that, that happened in December. Uh, that hadn't, I thought it happened a little bit before December, maybe in December. Okay. Um, and I think I might've commented that stuff's happening, but I wasn't really sure what. Um, yeah. So, so they all kind of got grounded and they were going along and, and everybody at first was alarmed, but they're like, well, I guess what was happening is there were some violations, um, in the trust, I guess that Mac has with the TC transport Canada. Um, and, uh, they, it was, there were some things that are happening near aerodromes, which is basically near airports, um, and near fields that were, there were adjacent to airports or close enough. And they, they just wanted to make sure that they addressed the issue and made things safe, right? And they kind of worded it in a way that said, you know, hey, look, everybody's down until we figure out what's going on. And as we go, as we find out which ones are clear and safe, we're going to recertify. It's no big deal. And then as we get closer to the ones that need to be addressed, we'll address those. But we'll get everybody back, you know, or unless some can't be recerted, you know, because they, they just, they're not going to meet safety guides. Uh, guidelines. So it's like, okay, great. Mm -hmm. Um, but they're kind of, so what Mac did was much like AMA, uh, is doing with a CBO and basically saying, Hey, we'll just be an organization and you authorize us. And then we, as long as people fly within our rules, you're cool with us doing, you know, flying under these basic guidelines, you know, which is similar, very similar. I think, Joe, do you have the, the list of the, what is it? Uh, Category nine, I think is what it was called. Uh, so Canada, uh, Transport Canada's part nine. Um, so MAC, which is MAAC, uh, Model Aeronautics Association of Canada. And, and this is a loose understanding with a few minutes of reading, mm -hmm. uh, before we, before we turn the mics on, um, part TC, Transport Canada. Part nine is like our part 102 right? Uh, here in the U.S. And part nine essentially makes all, and, and they, they refer to it as drones as well, uh, all drones, uh, whether commercial or recreational, they are the same. If it's above 250 grams up to... Uh, some other weight uh, that I forget. Mm -hmm. Um, if it's if it's above two hundred fifty grams, 
commercial, recreational, it doesn't matter, is treated as basically a commercial craft. Right. I think um, it's 7.5 kilograms. Was the it might have been that. But you've got to, if, if it's above that, you've got to abide by the commercial guidelines, which requires uh, a basic pilot's license and some other things. Mm-hmm. And I think they're, they're, I was concerned when I saw the basic pilot's license, but apparently there's like a $10 license certification that can be gotten, if I understood correctly. Okay. So there's, there's... Uh, exam you got to take and there's study materials you can get and every 24 months you have to go to a dedicated specialty training for it and the ten dollars is for basic uh basic aviation and then there's a 25 dollar version for advanced aviation um and so if you're sub 250 grams you don't that that doesn't apply to you but if it's above 250 that applies, and because it's being treated as commercial, every craft has to be registered, which, yeah, again, doesn't make sense for the foam, bo- the foamy side of it, because, you know, we go through them so quick. <laughs> yeah, but, I know, but right. but so, so you have to you, you have you, to you be gotta, a, right. You have to certify yourself as a pilot. You have to register each plane, and then you have to have a maintenance law, a f- maintenance and flight log. Yes. Uh, uh, maintain a flight craft. and a maintenance log, right? As well as always be able to produce, ha- have your registration number on the plane and be able to s- produce a certificate of registration on your person. Right. So that that's the part nine rules, which Mac was part nine exempt. It's right. like, it's basically say, okay, if you're flying for the AMA, you're exempt from right. you know part 102B or whatever. Right. If you're outside of your airfield, like, yeah, you need to follow these strict guidelines. But if you're flying in your own field and it's a designated area where we know you do the things, just fly under their rules. So long, as long as you're being safe, you know, and they've got their own set of rules, which is similar. But it's mm-hmm. uh, a, obviously, <laughs> I'm imagining you don't have to keep a flight or a maintenance log. Um, and you don't probably have to put registration numbers on everything. And carry your certificate of registration with everything. You just have to say, hey, I'm a member. That's probably about it. And so my understanding from what I was reading in those two articles was that uh, the MAAC was going through and reapproving sites. Mm-hmm. And in that process, then the second article, um, basically Mac had to reground everybody. Uh, Mac lost its uh, its Part Nine exemption because they were approving sites or had approved sites that were within controlled airspace, and they weren't supposed to be approved, and so they lost the trust. It was in breach of contract with TC, and so they lost the right. they, they lost the trust exemption. they had. Yeah, they lost the yeah. trust they had to be able to govern, self govern. Um, safety uh, outside of that uh, part nine. So, yep. And so they said, nope, nobody's allowed. Everybody's stuck under this, these uh, part nine ruling, (laughs) part nine ruling, which is basically being a light sport pilot almost, Um, you know, where you're basically flying, you got to maintain your aircraft. You got to keep logs. You got to show that you're available and aware and all the parts and pieces are working and ready to go, and you're not flying into um, commercial airspace, basically anything over 400 feet. 
is is no go. So it's like, well, that's it's a lot. It's a lot to it's a lot for a park flyer that you fly on occasion for you know twenty minutes or an hour. You know, right. <laughs> like that, that's not worth it. I don't know. The return of fun may not really meet all the junk you have to get through to get there. It certainly kills a hobby. And I also think, I, I think they had somewhere in there that uh, one of the regulations to become a pilot, to get that pilot certificate, is you have to be over 14 or over 15, which means... Yeah, it's over 14 for the basic and over 17 for the advanced, I think it was. Right, which means, guess what? No kids get to fly, period, in, ma- in uh, Canadian airspace. Well... Nope. Do the... Do they get to fly with, you know, certified supervision? Well, that, that, that might be true, but uh, generally speaking, a kid saying, hey, I want to go out to fly, and they go out to your local field and pull out their plane and go fly, that's illegal. Okay. Unless again, they, you this, know, they might be able Canada to be certified. Law. Yeah, they might be certified, but, you know, they might be able to do it with certification and supervision. But there's a lot of people whose stories were, yeah, I went down to the local place that people were flying planes and I said, I want to fly. And they helped me learn how to fly mm-hmm. or brought my stuff out and I flew. And eventually I got there. Like, and it wasn't that they had anybody watching over them. They were just at a spot that was safe enough. Had enough space and, for them to do it. And again, this is all Canada law, which yep. there are Northern brothers, but I, you know, I don't, I'm not up to speed on all their laws. So right. we're, Really, yeah, you know, we're kind of talking about this as best we understand it. And, and so, have- and the reason why a lot of people are kind of looking at it going, whoa, is because they don't have to go because Mac has got this separate agreement. The Mac operators have to do whatever TC tells them, even though TC is not changing any laws. If they did, they'd have to go through much like FAA, they'd have to go through a whole, you know, public comment period and a whole the NPRM stuff that the FAA does. Mm-hmm. They, I know, uh, the Transport Canada has something similar. Um, they're going to change the rules so people at least have to have a time to review it and make comments and all that kind of stuff. But like by making that agreement directly with Mac, um, Transport Canada say, yeah, we don't trust you. You're, you're done. We're out. And so uh, much like FAA has taken that similar step, I feel, with you know the CBOs. While it's awesome to have CBOs and say, hey, you guys are good. You're, you're good to fly your own thing the way you normally fly it. Just go do it. You're safe. You're fine. As long as you do it in the areas that you've figured out, we're, we're good. That's essentially what FAA is kind of like, yeah, we're good. But except we're not. Because now we, we can't, we can employ rules to these CBOs without having to go through any comment, without any recourse. And they can do the well, same we- thing to all the CBOs right now and say, nope, you can't. And now basically you just say, well, you have to do the comply with, uh, Part 107 or part 102 with the remote ID. Right. Because there's no exemption. The, the, no. Right. Well, the, the comment period has already be, been handled for the laws right. for the FAA to operate under. So now the FAA is, you know, right. granting permissions and such. Yeah. They can revoke it. Right. So it's, I take they this can work as, around that system. Right. And may, maybe the takeaway here is a cautionary tale of, you know, let's be sure that the organizations that we're, we're operating under, and it's more to those operation, to those organizational heads, let's make sure that we're doing our due, our due diligence in 
making sure that everything that's being approved is, you know, T's crossed and I's dotted. Like, let's make sure mm-hmm. that yeah. it's right. Because it, right, it, or- it, it sounds like some under, some sites that shouldn't have been approved got approved mm-hmm. and were overlooked in the bureaucracy of it all. Right, by, right, by in Mac Canada. And yeah. TC said, uh, oops, yeah, yeah, <laughs> done. Right, and, you know, look, and, and that's not always the... Bruce Simpson from uh, XJet and um, RC Model Reviews from New Zealand, He's he watches the world set of laws that are going around that are constantly changing nowadays. And he says, you know, his take on that is like, there's a certain point at which you say this isn't, this isn't okay. You know, and by allowing these things, you get to a point where it just becomes ridiculous. And, um, and what, what you're saying is, hey, I'm not going to comply with this because you're skirting around laws that protect me from you just making stuff up and, and basically dictating the things you want without having anybody else watch. And the whole point of having public hearings and public, you know, like having the, the review periods and all that stuff is to make sure that it doesn't become the FA dictatorship, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that kind of thing. But by bypassing that, you're effectively helping create that. I, I mean, I'm using those terms. They're very heavy handed and I'm using it as to make a point, you know? Um, so it's, a, I'm watching all this stuff and I'm, I've got my take on it, but I think it's important to see how each country, because I know the UK is doing something different and it's similar, but it's different. It's a little bit more free and a little bit more restrictive in, in its own ways. Um, New Zealand as, uh, and Australia do it a little differently too. Uh, some of it's smart, some of it isn't. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's curious to see how different parts of the world are kind of um, taking charge in their own ways uh, and slightly differently. But uh, anyway, just wanted you to be aware. And with that, remind you, look, there is a push by a, all the C, CBOs, um, the AMA, um, the FPV Freedom Coalition, and um, the Flight Test Community Association to um, try to get your congressmen and senators to be aware that while they reauthorize the FAA uh, Reauthorization Act, um, to ask them to change the bottom limit of the weight for craft that fall under the SUAS Part 107, Part 102 guidelines to raise up to one kilogram from 250 grams. So... Mm -hmm. um, if you haven't done it, go do it. Um, the sooner the better. I'm sure that's not going to remain open for the whole year. So um, get out there, send. You can do the the copy and paste to your uh, from FPV Freedom Coalition. Uh, we'll put the link again um, down in the doobly doo, uh, down in the show notes. Um, I am Matt Coville. I know, right? Look, he's my favorite. <laughs> he's my favorite. Uh, anyway, so. Do the thing, please. Uh, try to turn parts of the hobby around for for the better. Maybe it's if they're gonna if they're gonna boil us uh, like a slow boiling frog. Maybe we can eat away like a little termite, and sooner or later it all crumbles. I don't know. Um, to bring it back to the it's way we terrible like the, analogy, but go ahead. It is a terrible night. I don't know what, <laughs> what else eats the thing a little bit at a time before you know it. You're half gone, right? We went from boiling shrimp to uh, no, no boiling frogs. Eat, eat wood. You know the the that's how you, you know that's how you get a yeah I know, I know I know all right okay done I'll, uh, otherwise I immediately jump out I we can you. cut that out and put some sort of little 
whatever in there. No, we won't. I'm not doing that. Okay. Anything. Okay. Consider. So now we're on to the main topic, I guess, because that's that's in the regulation stuff. Just be aware, be alert. Uh, watch, watch some of your favorite YouTubers and see what they're saying about the RC hobby, because um, most of them are bringing it up. Um, and at least be aware of what's happening, and, and you know, inform yourself. And now back to happy fun times. Happy fun time. Yeah, let's talk about the things you need to consider when going big. Um, what do we need to consider when going big, Matt? Oh, well, way more, way more than you think. Um, okay, let's say you have a plan. It's a plan off of a website that you downloaded for a park flyer, and you want to blow it up three or four hundred percent because you want a ten foot plane or a fifteen foot plane. You go to Kinko's or wherever you go to copy your stuff. Maybe it's a um, Office Max or something like that. And you get it printed out big. Now the line on the drawing that was pencil thin and easy to cut is now the size of your pencil. Where do you cut? You're right. Did you cut on the outside, on the inside, in the middle? Um, My assumption would be the middle. Well, you have to choose. And it's something you have to think about. And then be consistent. And then be consistent <laughs> across the whole plan set. So it's uh, unless you're using a raster image and you can make it a single, uh, keep the line with original. But but that's things to think about that you don't always think about when you're like, oh, I just want to make this big. I'm going to make it big and that'd be great. Um, you can take it like a regular scale and then you could do a lot of math and do a lot of measurements and then basically recreate that on your larger sheet. You have to look at what materials you're using and what what's available and what isn't, right? Mm-hmm. I, I can only get so big a sheet of Dollar Tree foam board. So the question is, do I buy a, <laughs> which I have, a ton of sheets of foam board or do I switch materials and change to XPS foam, like uh, the blue fan fold foam or go with something that's more like the the building foam that's, a half inch thick or something like that. And now you've increased your thickness. Maybe it's proportional um, and start using that. And basically, and a lot of people do that. Um, what material do you go with? Do you go with something heavier? Do you go with something lighter? How important is that? Um, your choices when choosing the material and how you're going to blow or how you're going to resize the plans um, all make an impact in how you're going to build it as a bigger model. You, okay. You, so you can't typically just scale it up, especially if you have slot, slot, uh, slot and tab. If the thickness of the material changes, the size of your slots all change. That, that was going to be, and I've already posed this question to you, you know, when we were talking about it before, mm-hmm. but I don't know that I properly understood the answer. If we, let's say we size, you know, foam, uh, eighth inch foam board, or, or is it three eighths? What's the thickness of our foam? Uh, three sixteenths of an inch. Okay. Let's say we take our three sixteenths foam, we three hundred percent it. That three sixteenths right. is now nine sixteenths. Which is close to a half of an inch. So if I went half inch XPS foam, expanded to polystyrene, which is the building foam, I could probably just scale it up and build it. Right. But let's say we're sticking with Dollar Tree foam board. Yeah. Now our three eighths inch slot is a half inch. Slot. Three sixteenth inch is now a, but you still need a three six unless you're tripling up the foam that you're building with. Right. So unless you're going to like make 
doubler slash triplers <laughs> to yeah. size it up. You, what what's the situation? Do you just shrink that spot down, and then if you mm. shrink the have you know the nine sixteen shrink, shrink the slot right? Do you do it in right. the middle? Do you do it in the top? Do you wh- where's your anchor point? Right, right, and, and, depending and on, even if you choose a side, you know now you're taking it and you're adding to the other side. You're you're, uh-huh. you're adding length to the side that you took it away from. Yeah. So all your dimensions can get thrown off. Yeah. So how do you deal with that? You cry a lot. <laughs> you have a good CAD program. <laughs> um, no, but it right. sounds like the answer is choose the center line. Yeah. And, no. Or and no. You it evenly. Uh, you choose what's best. Like for example, the the new wonder has a has a horizontal platform, right? It's almost like an H frame, right? In the middle of the plane is a horizontal thing, and it creates a lot of rigidness. And on either end of it is bookended a vertical piece. And so that creates a really rigid box that's your the center of your plane. And that tabs into a double thickness wall of your, your fuselage. So now you've okay. got this giant sturdy box. It's really good. When it's 300%, I'm not sandwiching, you know, what is that, 12 piece, six pieces of foam together to make the wall? I'm not going to do that. Okay. So now I've got to choose a different way to stiffen it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to use the, the Chlorican model which is using a, the, ex, uh, the triangular bracing of a truss on the inside, I'm going to cut an inner box and line that with another piece of foam. So I have an inside and, a, and an outside. And in between that is almost like a, a, a trust uh, grid that creates the rigidity and it creates the torsion resistance. But the inside is a nice lined foam box that we can easily put a battery in, put an ESC in, snake stuff wires through, but it's going to have a thickness. And that's based on the thickness of the, of the truss edges. I'm going to cut out basically like a hollow point, hollow part in the truss, kind of like with a clerk. And I cut out the center to make it lightweight, but the edges and the corners and the squareness of it and how it was glued in made the whole box, that whole giant nine foot, fuselage rigid i really thought for sure it was not going to hold up but it doesn't twist and it doesn't bend um and so i'm looking to do the same thing there so that changes everything so now i can choose wherever wherever that grid is if i have got the right height i figure how many pieces of strips of foam board that i'm going to turn into that accordion in the middle and then however tall that is when i kind of have it lined out that top, that's where I want that horizontal piece to be because I still want one. It creates a lot of rigidity. It's a little bit of weight because of the glue. But wherever that sits, that's where I want the slot. And it's one foam board thickness. I don't need more than one. I still keep it one. The, the truss will give it the strength it needs. You know? And so I'm, de- I'm redesigning. While the ex- and that's the other thing is I don't have – when you scale up the, the two by – three inch or three and a half inch fuselage, right? It's three inches high, three and a half inches high by like two or two and a half inches wide. Now you're looking at seven and a half inches by 10, right? I don't need all Mm -hmm. that. I can do, I can get away with like, you know, four inches or five inches. And looking at the size of the battery, I don't need much more than three. So do I really want to use all that space? Well, I need some of it for the truss, but I don't need the full width. And if I can keep it not as wide, it creates less drag. Right. And it fits the motor better. It's like, okay. So 
I'm kind of thinking, and then if I don't make it as tall, like it doesn't need to be that tall as long as it's got that general shape and mostly those proportions, it's not going to be out of whack. So I can reduce the height. And if I do that enough, I can fit that to one half a sheet of foam board, right? Or a certain amount. So that way, when you stack the two sides and the top width together, it's one full 20 inch width. And now I can just use two sheets of foam, the long, you know, two long, you know, two long and one wide and fold them down. And now I've got a full, you know, uh, foam board wonder fuselage that's scaled up 300%, but it's a little off the dimension, you know, the scale isn't perfect, but it will be functionally better because of it. Cause I won't be using extra sheets of foam board just to make it really big. I don't need it to be really big. I need to be big enough to fit a battery. Like that's the function of the fuselage. Fit a battery, mount a motor, have an ESC. Right? And a receiver. Okay. So I need to keep the function, but I need to allow for extra structure that the original didn't need because it used it with the foam board itself. So those are all things that I've got to think about when I'm planning it out. Same with like, I've got the wing. I figured out how big it is. It's five sheets of foam per half, uh, three stacked sideways and two on top of it going long ways. And basically at the 25 inch mark, I fold it in half, right? Cause that's a 50 inch by 60 inch piece. I fold it in half and then that's my wing. But the, the box bar, how do I make that? Well, I was going to do the trust thing again but I don't need a giant, I think it's like, I think if you tripled up Spons's spar, I think it's a full two inches wide and it's like an inch high. That's a really big box bar. I don't need it to be that big. And it creates a lot of extra drag. I'm, I'm confident this motor can pull this thing through the air, but I don't really want it to be slow. I would like it to be a little bit sporty, right? So if I can reduce the height of the wing a little bit, I decrease the drag a little bit, and I also save a little bit of foam board. And if I do it enough where it smartly fits on a half a sheet of foam or one sheet of foam board, I can now cut out my spars efficiently without having to bring up like three or four more sheets and just you know have to piecemeal and it takes extra time to build, right? So if you kind of resize certain parts of it and smartly, you can use the material you have. Again, so the first question is, what material do I think I want to build it with? I think if I were making it out of the half inch XPS foam, I would literally scale it up 300%, drop the plans on and cut, you know, draw the plans on top and just start cutting and building it just like the original foam wonder. Cause I think that would be, that'd be very accurate, but I'm not using that material. I'm trying it with foam board itself and seeing what I can pull off. It might be a mistake, but I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be happy with it. Um, but those are the things to think about when you're doing planning, how do you scale it? And then when you scale it, if you're not using a vectored plan, when you increase, you blow up a, a plan, um, now you've got a thick line that you didn't have before. Uh, you got to kind of think about those things. Also, um, so the next piece is as I'm starting to lay this out is like, do you have room to, and I, I realized this with the clerican. Cause it's not, you know, it's nine feet. I don't have any tables in my house that are nine feet long. That's really long. That's really big. I realized yeah. immediately, I'm like, I'm not making this wing in one piece. And I didn't even think I'd have, I'd be able to make the fuse in one piece. 
I, I managed, but um, I knew for a fact, like the wings had to be in two parts. There's no way I was going to be able to build it. And so you got to think about like, do I bring in temporary sawhorses and buy like doors, a couple doors and I put it in my garage as I build it? Or do I like plan on cutting it in certain spots so I can pull it apart? You also have to think of how am I going to transport this? How much is this going to weigh? Right. I did a quick calculation. I think the plane will come out to be, my approximate was going to be it's, uh, 16 or 17 sheets of foam board at, uh, it's 115 grams a piece. So we're looking at two and a half, three kilograms. So that's uh, five or six pounds of foam and glue. And then add to that the motor and the ESC and the battery. And now you're adding another two pounds onto that. So I'm thinking and it's going to be about eight servos that we need. And there's what? And the bigger servos that we need. Yep. Bigger servos add more weight. Yep. I forgot about the servos. They definitely not nine grams anymore. <laughs> They're more like but 50 to 70 grams a piece. I do want to add something here. Um, and I have been partially, uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I've been a little distracted the last couple of minutes I'm because, um, I know. Um, I've been throwing some quick numbers together because I was like, man, yeah. what, what's the size difference? Um, <laughs> it was a was a equate to. So did have a quick formula in Excel and it's consistent. Um so far. Mm-hmm. Um I'd have to see. But with something to be aware of, like that that jump in weight sounds huge. And it is. It is and it's not. But um you know, something else uh, to be aware of too is bigger things fly smoother typically. Um but I was so I, okay, I'll just get to it. I threw some numbers into a <laughs> spreadsheet. Uh-huh. Okay. And I said, okay, let's say we looking at uh wing square footage or square inching or square centimeter, what do you want to say? Square whatever. So mm-hmm. with time with time square length. footage, yeah. Right. It, you know, so you can calculate your wing loading or whatever. Mm-hmm. A one by one, so let's say a one foot by one foot wing is gonna be one square foot. We're three hundred percenting this. Yeah. So how big is the original? It's like what forty inches by was it ten? You know what? I'll I'm willing to say forty by ten. So forty inches by ten inches. And if we're gonna triple size it, you're gonna be 120 inches. 120 inches by 30 which, inches. Which is 10 feet. And I don't think I think mine I think it's just under four feet. I think it's or I think it's under 40 inches. I think it's like 36 or something. Just so everybody's aware. Like it's not fully 40 inches, but it's close. So so what I'm getting at here is that when you're when you're looking at your wings, anytime you you scale up your wings, it's not is not a linear growth in Mm-mm. well, I guess it is, but so if we take a one one square foot wing, so a one foot by one foot wing, and triple size that, we're at a three foot by three foot, so we're at nine square foot and that's a 300 percent it's it's an exponential growth it's an 800 percent increase in wing size Mm -hmm. 
So it's nine is 300% by 300% because you're hitting it in both directions. So you're a 900% scale, you know, total, mm-hmm. even though it's 300%. So you're, you're getting nine, yeah. yeah. So you're getting a, or area metrically, but yeah, you're getting a 800% different, you know, increase in size. Or there's a, sorry, there's 800% difference in size. So it's, it's still nine times. So if we take that 40 by 10, 40 mm-hmm. inch by 10 inch, it's now 120 by 30. That went from 400 square inches to 3,600 square inches. That's still 800%. And that's basically me taking, uh, what was my formula here? Um, that was me taking the square foot, the square, uh, the square size of the, uh, increase subtracting off the original and then dividing by the original. So it's taking the difference between the two and dividing by the original and then multiplying by a hundred to get your percentile. So, okay. Yeah. Any, anytime where like you're tripling, you are tripling your nine times in your dimension. If you're mm-hmm. going to say go two times. So let's mm-hmm. say, uh, let's just to make it easy and say a two by two wing, and you're going to 200% it, you're at yeah. a four by four at that point. Yep. Now you're at a 300%. Yeah, it's a difference. You know, so you're, squared you're, exponential growth. Right. You, so 200% and 200%, 400%. If you're going to go 150% scale, then you're at a 300% total or a uh, 200% difference. Mm-hmm. So as we're increasing this weight, your wing size, your your lifting body, your the amount of wing space you have is huge, which induces mm-hmm. a ton more drag, but a ton more lift. Yeah, right. You you don't need, and and that's the other thing is that, and that's a factor we'll talk about in just a second. As a matter of fact, I, I don't want to. I we have a little bit more to talk about about how big it is and and some other factors you need to worry about, but basically. Yeah, you sure, you need just, to uh, no no that that's together, important. So. It, it's important to know like you, the power and your weight, how it flies. Like you need it to weigh a lot because what happens if it's really light? If there's a cross breeze, forget it. You're done. You're not gonna be able to control that plane. You need the weight to be able to cut cut through the cut through the uh, air and mm-hmm. the turbulence and the general you know um, ever ever-changing nature of wind, um, you know, when it changes direction quickly for a short minute, or if you're trying to land and it's cross, uh, why am I, why am I, it's cross breeze, you know, you, good luck landing that successfully because it'll float on forever if it's too lightweight, right? Um, so that's something to consider because you, you can't, you can build it really big, but you're going to also have to build it really, you know, consequently it's going to be heavier. And it's almost going to be, if you don't pay attention, it'll get way too heavy. And if you don't, if you aren't careful enough, you might get way too light. <laughs> yeah, um, if you're trying to go light, then you're you, just going to you, get carried off. And, yeah. excuse me, um, you know, the the opposite end of that, you know, sure, you don't want a cross breeze to grab you. But also because of the material and the relative inexpense of it, yeah, I know that you and I will fly in crosswinds oh, yeah. that we don't care. I know would ground, say, like Ron and Tom. Yeah, oh yeah, in a heartbeat. You know, but, I mean, their planes are 
exponentially more expensive. You know, so there's that benefit. But yeah, yeah, I I just wanted to point out that as we're scaling this up and you're thinking about the scale of things, when it comes to the wings and really the the surface of any aspect of this, you know, it's not just a one dimensional kind of increase. It's in all dimensions. And there are interesting side effects of that, such as, you know, tripling your scale is, you know, 900% then of mm-hmm. the the surface area. Yeah, absolutely. I hope I, I hope I hadn't beat that horse into the ground. Um, it's saying mercy, but I think you're, you haven't quite got all the way there. So don't worry. So I, let me go back to the beginning and we'll review that. <laughs> Well, and that's the other thing is when you, we're talking about when you get big, you, you start adding weight and you, it's effectively exponential or something close to it. Um, it, it gets heavy quick. Um, there is a limit with the AMA. If you go over 55 pounds, you need, there's a whole extra level of, um, safety compliance and checking that you need to do to fly the model. You're welcome to fly the model, but you have to get a, you have to basically go through a training course and how to basically um, ground check your plane properly. Mm-hmm. And you, in that you, you are going to follow the ground check religiously and you're going to make sure that everything is right before you even think about flying. Cause at that kind of weight, you, you're talking serious damage to people or, or property with that. Um, so yeah, they have a limit of for competition or sport flying is uh, 55 pounds. There's no dimensional limitations, but um, anyway, if you're, if you're going to do that, you want to make sure that you're, uh, you know, you, you're trying to keep it under that if you don't want to go through extra rigmarole. There's, as a giant scale club, there's a number of our guys who have stuff that are at or over 55 pounds. And they, they mm-hmm. do, they do go through that extra, um, ground check school and all that kind of stuff. So uh, I'm at least at a field that can handle how the heck to do that safely. Um, which is nice. So I can at least go through that, but yeah, they become an AMA experimental class aircraft at that point. So you got to think about that. Um, also, Hey, when you make it bigger, guess what? You can see more details, details and all the errors, (laughs) 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 The, the stuff that's a little bit, not so pretty, but it allows you to put in a bunch of details, but details add up. It all looks great at 20 feet. It does. But I'm, you can still see some of those details on a big plane like that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, cowls and canopies and hardware pieces, uh, landing gear, all that stuff. Like, you can, you, it starts adding up weight-wise as well as cost. Um, and most things aren't available, so they have to be one-offs or you have to find them somewhere else. <laughs> I don't know where you'd find it. But, like, landing gear, you have to probably make custom. That doesn't happen right away. It doesn't. If you order it, it's going to take some time to get to you. Same with the cowl pieces and and certain unique pieces that make your aircraft yours, like that, that it's that kind of aircraft. Now, the new Wonders, essentially, it's a brick with a wing, you know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no matter which way you shake it, it's a planker. It's a, it's a pretty straightforward thing. So making it bigger doesn't really need any more details. Um, but the details I was thinking about adding, which is something you would do for a little aircraft anyway, uh, is potentially putting lights in there so we can fly it at night. Um, mm-hmm. that gets more expensive because instead of using one string of lights, you're probably going to need three strings of lights that are 10, uh, 30 feet long. 
because you need to go, what is it? Uh, you need a 10-foot string for each side of the wing. And a 10-foot piece, well, yeah, about a 10-foot piece in the in the fuselage. That's one 10-meter section. And if you want another color, if you want, that's the front, the back. Yeah, anyway, you'll need at least one string, one full string of lights, if not You're two. burn up my hobby budget for the next six months <coughs> with this well, plane. Anyway, my point is those are things to consider. <laughs> but the other half is, and what we touched upon is, okay, let's say you've got the space to build the thing and you've considered how you're going to move it around in your house. And is it going to be too, because at about like 35 or 40 pounds, a lot of guys are like, yeah, you better consider that you've got, do you have somebody to help you move this? Because at 35 or 40 pounds, because if you ever picked up a bag of cat litter, you know, trying to hold a plane out that's, a bag of cat litter will bust you <laughs> Yeah, as a person in no time if you don't have a helper, right? If you can't break that plane down into manageable pieces, you have to think about that and you have to plan it into your build. Um, and, you know, are, do you have the vehicle? What size vehicle do you have to bring it places? If it's not big enough, maybe, maybe this is the plane you want to build. Uh, you got to think about that. Do you have a pickup truck? Do you have access to one? Do you have a trailer? Or like me, I've got a, a minivan, so there's that. <clears throat> but I also, it's not unlimited. I can't just throw any plane in there. I mean, I can almost throw any plane in there. But I can't throw a 10-foot wing in there and hope that I'll be good. I can't. No, but you know what you can do, which is what I did with the uh, the Nubatross that did become the Nubatrocity, so I'm glad that I stuck with that. I'm, I'm glad uh, you did too. <laughs> is I took my 10 foot wing and made it to five footers essentially. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, that's the thing is that's what you got to, some planes will basically have a center section that's built into the fuselage and the wings will come off from like a two or three foot, two or three inch standoff from the fuse. And then the mm-hmm. wings go out from there and that's where they split it. So they have a main fuse section with a little bit of wing and they have the rest of the wing so that all the pieces are relatively small. I've even seen planes where, like, the whole back half of the plane comes off because the fuselage is just too long. The fuselage is usually two-thirds of the wing, but sometimes that's still too long. Clerican's really long. I I honestly should probably split that in half. So depending on how, like, what you're building and how big you're building it and what sort of transport you've got, you need to take those things into account when you're at the the mental math jotting you know things down on piece of paper mm-hmm. figuring things out to say are there any modifications i need to make in the construction of this thing so that i can take it apart into the reasonable size pieces mm-hmm. so that i can do this you know so i can take bring my it fuse apart yep. into three pieces a fuse that wasn't originally designed to come apart how am i going to take it apart how yeah. am i going to build it so it can be taken apart how much weight are you going to add to to retrofit? It might be a problem. Like, um, right? But I mean, the, I mean, the those, good news yeah, is you you're scaling it. your wings up, so you're getting huge amounts more wing surface for right. lifting. Yeah. But I digress. No, no, and, and so and that's the thing is I did a quick calculation based on eight or ten pounds of a wing of plane with that wing size. I'm getting about six ounces per square foot, which is way under. Um, way under a trainer plane or glider glider is 10 ounces per square foot. So that thing's going to float. So I will likely have two batteries 
purely to bring the weight closer to a glider and not have it be some ridiculous, you know, super, super lightweight thing that's going to be a problem to fly. So what you're um, saying is we'll be able to throw it up there, set it at 15% throttle, and just hang around forever. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Nice. Yeah, that's the plan. And we're going to have little miniatures up top there. They're going to be one. One's going to have you sitting up there in the cockpit. And one's going to have me sitting up there. I don't know how. <laughs> we're going to figure it out. Um, let's see. So now, now, well, with all that excess power, this is dumb. I wonder if it would be possible to string. This would be crazy to try to launch. But if you like, so you know how like the high start will do, like the nose release, the nose drag. Yeah. No, that's the high start. I know you started doing the mental process on that. Uh, Yeah, no, that's not going to. Oh, would I be able to pull other planes up? Sure, probably. As long as the wing isn't too draggy, we could probably rebuild the wing. Maybe. Uh, with the, with the carbon fiber spar, we could probably rebuild the wing and make it uh, thinner. Well, the noob is a puller, right? It's a tractor. It's a tractor. Yeah, so we just center. Boy, and, but I was about to say you just tie it all into the, into like tie it off the rear of the plane, and you'd have to do landing gear to drag it and get it up to speed. But. Uh. Yeah, but it, but then you're shifting your whole center of gravity. Exactly. All that. You you want to take it from the center of mass and release it from there, ideally, mm. which isn't easy to do. So there's some ways to do it. Um, Ron and Tom actually covered it a little bit because they talked about doing something like that and the issues oh, okay. they had. So um, maybe when we start playing around with that, we'll we'll learn from them and see what we can teach. Well, no squirreling on my part. I'll let you finish no, no. up. That's okay. Um, and that's the other thing is, you know, when you're flying big, a lot of people are like, yeah, flying big, it's heavier. It doesn't respond the same to the wind. It seems choppy air is smoother. Um, but you have to have servos that are big enough to to move the control surfaces. They can't be overpowered. Your control surfaces have to be rigid enough to be able to not flex Right. And they can't flutter, you know, that like now you're getting into some serious forces on those things. And I can't just be like, ah, it'll be fine. Like, no, you kind of have to make sure your hinges are solid. May have to make sure all the parts and pieces are good. You know? Yeah. So there's a lot to consider and it's not all terrible. It's not all hard to do or expensive. You can do it cheaply, but it has to be thought through. And there's a lot of wire. That's the other thing. Is like, yeah, I've got like 60 feet of wire in my plane, in <laughs> my 10-footer. Jeez. And I'm like, wow. Um, and then there's like, oh, and we have like three different power packs, and we have a bunch of different wire splits. It's like, whoa. Um, I don't think we're going to need that. I just don't. No, hopefully we'll be able to do one motor each. And um... No, it'll be like a normal deal. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean that's sh- yeah, that's that's the gist of it. I'm sure we've missed something or multiple things, but yeah. Yeah. I I don't know what to tell you. There's a lot to think about. It's worth the effort up front um to pull it together. 
And I know that I'm going to get through some of this and I'm going to have to rethink it. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to have to. Um, Which means we may revisit this topic to say, here's what else we learned in the process (laughs) that we should have thought of beforehand and didn't. Mm -hmm. And by uh, we, I mostly mean you. Yeah, most of me for now. But I'm, I know I'm going to be bouncing stuff off you. You are, you're a good thinker. Um, and you and I have a different way of going about a product and a project. And that's kind of why we work really good together because there are times that I'll be bouncing off a thing here and there. And you're like, Oh, whoa, whoa, hold on. Let's go back to this thing in the beginning. Cause we really need to think it through. And I'm like, no, no, we got all the thing. It's fine. It'll be great. And you're like, no, no, no let's, Go through this one thing because we really do. I, I'm worried about this one thing. We need to go through it. And we do think through it. And between you and I kind of hammering out all the issues we worry about and coming up with solutions, mm-hmm. um, we end up creating a pretty successful thing. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to work with you virtually ultimately <laughs> through this. Hopefully we'll get a, a couple times here and there. Like I know this week is a vacation week for the kids. I might be able to get to see you, I might be able to get out to, if you're free and we'll talk outside of this, but I might be able to get to see you in the next week, um, or a couple weekends out. Yeah. But I say, uh, this weekend, no, this weekend's here. busy. It's the yeah, yeah. But, but next week we're actually down in Florida. Oh, nice. nice. Seeing the in-laws and then Jealous. the following weekend is the first LARP event of the year. Oh, but I will say if, if we can't do it between now and then, You'd have to come down, but there is a weekend in May, the May LARP event. Um, mm-hmm. I'm on call that weekend. Okay. And I couldn't get the schedule flipped around. All right. So you could come down just if something happens, I'll I got to roll. Yeah, I'll be doing my thing. Yeah. Okay. You could hang here and you could roll with me either way. And we'll have to see how that goes. I, I think that's something we should uh, try to plan on, so... Um, yeah, because right after May is June, and that's time to go. Right. So what I found was interesting in, in this article, uh, and this was done a little while ago by somebody who won Top Gun for a 10-foot uh, B-25 Mitchell. Um, I'm paraphrasing, but it's pretty close. Um, he said that basically, you know, when it comes to the power and weight, you know, we, we talked about the weight, but he said, like, the power is, like, at that size, really the only thing that's worth doing is gas. You know, and he goes, I just like to keep it simple, some simple two stroke engine and just just have it be reliable and it's a powerhouse. It'll be fine. Now. That was. Over a decade ago. I mean, most of these things he's talking about are are all true, no matter what, how old it is. Um, but nowadays, the electric motors that are out there and again, you know, the, the ones that uh, Ethan sent over, I mean, they're more than capable to, to do the job that we need them to do for this project, for sure. Yeah. Electric motors have come a long way. Mm-hmm. Electric power systems in general, yeah. So I'm eager to see. And the see, batteries. Yeah, the, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, the whole power system has really just come up on it. Um, it's pretty good. So, yeah, so there's work to do. Um, I, I'm not going to make these um, removable, but I am going to start going through some, um, giant scale balsa plans and seeing how they tackle certain things like, you know, access panels, um, 
how they mount servos. Most of them are done where there's kind of like a, a box that the servos sit in and screw down to, or they screw onto a panel that then that that's, or they glue onto that. And then that is screwed down onto the plane with the servo horn sticking up past the little panel. So the whole mm-hmm. servo comes out and comes back. So, you know, with us having 3d printers, it's, we can yeah. 3d print a box for those servos to mount to. Right. And the weight continues to rise. Honestly, it really wouldn't be a big deal. I mean, uh, it's less weight than a number of other options. And uh, no, I, I'm aware, honestly. And that'll be that'll actually be really good. I'm looking forward to figuring out what we can use to kind of pull these things together. One thing that I definitely can, and they basically said, like, look, if you're going to scale it up, you don't have to worry about CG. CG is still in the same spot. It's still the same plane. It still flies the same. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is the motor system, relatively speaking, especially electric, will weigh less than the smaller scale version of that electric motor and battery system, right? Generally speaking, I think they're they're significantly, I don't think they scale quite properly. So yeah, the weight of the motor doesn't increase at the same rate that the right. dimensions of the plane does. So what we might need to do on the plane, much like I did with the Clerican, like I put holes all over the back half of that plane from the spar back. There are giant holes throughout the whole plane. <laughs> uh, and then I just basically covered them with covering. Um, we may need to do some of that stuff in the back part of the plane. Like I'm thinking the tail feathers, where the white parts are, we cut them out and put a covering over top of that. And yeah, I could see that. You know, and, and do maybe some thin carbon fiber uh, pieces in there to keep it rigid, but just enough to keep it rigid. So that way, that hopefully it'll... we just load the nose. We could do that too. And that probably wouldn't be a big deal to do that. Again, I, I know what I saw um, um, Mr. Shreeple, uh Peter Shreeple do with his giant 30-foot plane, right? Um, they take water bottles. And they just load them up in the nose. So if we just basically have a spot in the nose section that we can put small water bottles, we'll probably be fine. Okay. Another thing to plan out and think of. So, yeah. All, All right. right. I think Good that's job. more more talking than we need to do. <laughs> um, that's it for tonight. Good night. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're actually are, yeah, you know, it's a little bit of a shorter episode. I know yeah. recording time, we're sitting at just over an hour and a half and we had some chit chat before we got going proper on the beginning, but this will be a little bit of, it'll be one of our shorter ones. That's all right. We seem um, to be getting shorter and shorter over time. Yeah. It, it, look, and if you want to read up on any of these things, check out some of these articles, especially learn about the Mac um, and the, you know, Transport Canada, just to see what's going on there. We've got, we're going to put some links in the show notes, so look for them. All the new Wonder Links, uh, in, including the plans, the graphics, um, Spons' general Foam Wonder version, my my build thread to the 300% uh, noob Wonder, so you can follow it um, and see how we're, how we're progressing. I put that in the flight test forums, so there'll be a link there. Uh, we'll put a link to the Hangar RC if you need to buy a, a speed build kit. Um, reach out to to them and order yours. And when he comes back from vacation, I'm sure he'll be doing um, working hard on getting those out the door. Um, so yes, yeah, so and you can have your speedboat kit. So not maybe not the first build night, uh, but we'll have some more 
and you can join us on those. At that point, it'll be old hat for us, so it'll go smooth for you. And if you're in Discord and doing this thing, reach out to Tony. Mm-hmm. If you're not in Discord, join Discord and reach out to Tony for your decal, <laughs> <laughs> for your decal kit. I mean, they could be. Like, if they're on the FT forums, they could reach out to Tony uh, Flying Tiger. Um, you reach him there, too, but... I'm not going to endorse that because he kind of, he did say through to discord. Okay. Well then forget that then. I mean, he may take it that way, but then come to our discord and talk to Tony and get your decal set if you can. And if you can't uh, build your noob, I want to see it. Um, Build your noob. There's a whole channel dedicated to it. It's called the FF 2023 aviation RC noob or ARCN wonder jumble and that's where yeah, we're it's, posting it's all our stuff the, it's towards the top of the uh the text mm-hmm. channel so it's easily found yep so we look forward to seeing you there um i can't remember let me uh we need to look for when is the next time we're going to meet april 15th that's april 15th. saturday okay do you have the other dates per chance uh friday may 5th and friday may 26th all right cool um, I've made events for those, uh, in the, in the discord. So go ahead and share it. Um, show that you're interested. You'll get notifications when they're about to happen. Um, like I said, they've got the, we've got April 15th and May 5th and May 26th. We are dedicated to building the new wonder over these next three parties. Um, it's going it to be like you got a decent crowd of people interested into the interest in the April 15th. I will be out of town that weekend, so. Boo! Boo hiss! You didn't look at the LARP schedule when you scheduled. No, your LARP schedule needs to worry about what we're doing, I think. I'm just kidding. Yeah, that's not how that works. Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Happy wife, happy life, right? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That's fine. Well, good. Uh, Well, I'll tell you what you miss when you get back, Um, and we'll we'll talk all sorts of mad stuff about you. But uh, no, I honestly, everyone's on. You chop in and and come in and say, "Hey, see how everybody's doing." Uh, if you that's have right. a minute, and it's at the end of the night. Um, but yeah, so that's. I think that's it. Joe, would you mind taking us out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got him mid yawn. Yes. Yeah, got me mid yawn. <laughs> it is coming up on midnight, and I'm ready for bed. So, guys, as always thank you for tuning in and listening we hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as we've enjoyed having the conversation um also matt i found out uh why i had to gain not that i told you i found out i had to gain my mic up earlier and it's it's because my laptop microphone settings were dialed back so okay hopefully the audio of my mic hasn't been too bad this time it's gonna be very questions comments thoughts concerns uh feel free to Email us, aviationrcnoob at gmail.com. You can reach Matthew at matthew at aviationrcnoob.com, or you can reach me, joe, at aviationrcnoob.com. Pop into the Discord. Link's in the description. Uh, Join us there. We have a show comments uh, channel where you can place your thoughts and comments there. Uh, We have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. Uh, If you're looking to join one, join the group. uh, Yeah, please. Because we're working on deprecating the page um you can also reach us at the contact us form on aviationrcnoob.com um thanks as always to our patrons uh for continuing to support us and help keep the lights on 
And thank you to each one of you who have tuned in and listened. It's because of you that we keep doing this. Um, and I just got my audio in Discord working again, so <laughs> just just in time to say, Matt, is there anything else? No, there's nothing else. I think you covered it all. I appreciate it, Joe. All right, guys. Well, we will catch y'all next time. Bye, guys. Make sure it's really loud. That's right, just for tench. And then I'll I'll, I'll like make it really quiet and I go ding dong. Yeah, when you first put those, oh my god, uh, they're so loud. Tra- I'm so sorry, yeah. guys. <laughs> I had no idea. I always pull it back, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, they were that, pretty I, bad. <laughs> I had to put that thing at a negative twenty, <laughs> just so it doesn't blow your eardrums out. I know. So yeah, bing pong. Jeez. <laughs> Like, whoa, I thought it was supposed to be soft and, and kind. <laughs> nope. Not on our All podcast. Right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, let's shut it down. All right. Good deal.